0: and Carlin. A second time in three seasons, a star wide receiver is headed out of the NFC North. First, it was Stephon Diggs leaving Minnesota for Buffalo, where he has gone on to do incredible things with Josh Allen, a part of a great wide receiver trio that now features himself, Jamison Crowder, and Gabriel Davis. And then Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams moved on to greener, rather darker pastures out in the black hole with the Las Vegas Raiders. He got his trade out of there this offseason. He gets to reunite with quarterback Derek Carr, who he played with in college. And we've got to ask ourselves, is he better suited for success at this point of his career in Vegas or should he have stayed in Green Bay? This is Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN App quarterback. Courtney Cronin, Mike Wells sitting in for the guys on this Monday afternoon. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin at Mike Wells NFL. You can also hit us up on the CC call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We want to hear from you now on this very topic. Do you believe Devontae Adams is in a better spot with Derek Carr We're with Aaron Rodgers, 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll take your calls here on Canty and Carlin. So before we get into any of that, Devontae Adams was with CBS Sports at the opening of training camp for the Raiders, which was this past week because they're in the Hall of Fame game, which is now, I believe, 10 days away, wild times. Um, And he had this to say about transitioning from Rodgers to Carr.
1: I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, you go, you know, Stabler to, to Rich Gannon or whoever you go to, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. And, you know, both are, are great players and, and great to be around. So I'm just enjoying that process and, and getting better myself, you know, trying to do as much as I can to, to help these guys go out there and win as many games as we can.
0: So Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. That's a pretty big statement to make, considering Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl with Green Bay, is the back-to-back MVP 2019, 2020 and 2021, and then he throws Derek Carr into that mix, a guy who has been a very good quarterback throughout his career, but has not won a playoff game just yet. So in order to clarify the topic that everyone was talking about, this is what Devontae Adams had to say.
1: Being a rapper is is very vital. I say one of the you gotta have the bars. Obviously, you know you gotta have the bars. You gotta have the lines. Gotta be there. But a very very vital and critical piece of being a rapper is the delivery, right? I wasn't a great rapper the other day. What I'm not gonna do is take away from that statement because why 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 is Derek not a, a Hall of Famer? You know. But what I what I meant, I left one key word out of there because that's not exactly what I meant. But I do think that Derek's career is Hall of Fame worthy, and and why not? I mean. You know, people can can say that about this guy, that guy. What I would say is, does he have the the MVPs right now? You know, no. Does he has he won a Super Bowl? Not yet. You know, that's obviously what we're what we're chasing. But what I meant to say was even if you go Hall of if you go even Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's an adjustment. You know, I mean, like, even if it is Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, there's going to be an adjustment.
0: Okay. I understand that point of Devontae Adams' argument, but he said that a little too late in the explanation. Maybe that should have been up front. Uh, You could have couched this with, I went from a Hall of Famer to a future Hall of Famer, a future MVP, all the things that Derek Carr is not just yet, because Devontae Adams being in Las Vegas is going to put Carr in line to do some very, very special things this season, Mike. He can flirt with 5,000 yards if he wants to. When you have an offense that has Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, like arguably the top slot receiver, the top receiver in the NFL, and top tight end, you're in a really good position but the fact is he has not achieved those things just yet and Derek Carr for many people's list if you're looking at top 10 quarterbacks is just outside of the top 10 he's not even a top 10 QB just yet
2: no and, and that's the thing you know what I listen we we Devontae got he, I think he got caught up in the heat of the moment of you know you know wanting to give Type praise, yeah you know give praise to his, you know his former college teammate and now his current ty- teammate with the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr got got a little ahead of himself. um you know Derek Carr is a very very good quarterback in my opinion he's obviously not in the same category as Aaron Rodgers uh has is one of multiple MVPs. and what um Devontae Adams did was said hey you know what uh, yes, I'm going from Aaron Rodgers, who is is a lock in the Hall of Fame, the moment he's eligible, to a guy in Derek Carr was you know, heading toward that path where he's going to potentially be a future Hall of Famer. You think about this about Derek Carr last season, Courtney. He threw for 4,800 yards. Also had twenty three touchdowns, and he did it during a season where there was so much drama out there. Mm -hmm. John Gruden getting fired and leading, you know, getting the Raiders back to the playoffs. Yes, they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, but there was so much adversity that that organization had to to deal with last season, and they still found a way to have success. Now go in, get a new head coach, in Josh McDaniels. And get that wide receiver and Devontae Adams to go with the other pieces they have with Josh Jacobs at, at, at running back. You mm-hmm. also have Hunter Renfo a wide receiver, who I saw late in the season put do a number on Kenny Moore and the Colts in a week six, 17 of the season. Derek Carr, he's going to have a chance to have a career season, in my opinion, this year with Devontae. I mean, it's like riding a bike with those two all mm-hmm. over again and the offensive uh, offensive play calling ability of Josh McDaniels, the head coach. I can't wait to see the Raiders play, and they're going to need the best out of Derek Carr when you consider the division they're playing in in the AFC West.
0: And that's why I feel like Devontae Adams made the right decision long-term for himself to leave Green Bay and go to – Las Vegas and be with Derek Carr. that season you mentioned 2013 that was Carr's last season he went four years at Fresno State Devontae Adams redshirt of that first year and then you know was out as a re- after his redshirt sophomore season and went to the NFL 131 catches for Adams 1719 yards and 24 touchdowns in their last season together at Fresno State Yes, it's an FBS school, but those are still incredibly impressive numbers. And you can see why those two very clearly wanted to test their chemistry out at the NFL level. They work together every offseason. They're very close, uh, beyond just the football respect. I mean, Devontae Adams has ties to his children. I mean, he's, he's the godfather of Derek, of several of Derek Carr's children. So very clearly they're very close on and off the field. And, I think when you're Devontae Adams and you realize I'm going to be 30 soon, his birthday's in late December, and you have to factor in, you don't know when the Green Bay Packers would be turning the reins of the offense over to Jordan Love. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is under contract with the new extension that he signed this past offseason for the next couple years, but who's to say that Aaron Rodgers won't just change his mind and want to go do Jeopardy uh, and host that game <laughs> show or want to go somewhere else, you know, and finish out his career? We kind of, can't really read Aaron Rodgers in the way that I feel like it's a lot more stable for Devontae Adams in making this choice of where can I go the next five years of my career when I'm, on, I'm going to be on the dreaded other side of 30 where injuries might pop up and might be a thing um, where I got to start worrying about what my future looks like in my legacy because he probably got his last big mega deal that you're going to get because you don't see wide receivers 34 to 35 years old um, getting those next big deals. So he got his going into his 30th year on this earth. Um, he, I think he's in the best position for himself long term to succeed, especially considering the chemistry he already has with this quarterback and the other weapons on the roster that may end up opening up things for Devontae Adams.
2: Being selfish is okay. And this was a situation where, you know, obviously you you made a mention about who knows, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers go and his indecisiveness. You, all it takes is one bad move by the front, by the front office to not tell Aaron Rodgers in advance for him to start pouting about the you know not having much of a say to all of a sudden you're looking at potentially Jordan Love stepping in as the starting quarterback. And if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh Jordan Love is very unproven so far in the NFL. Let me go to a guy that I know. I'm I'm, I'm at thirty years old I'm thirty years old now and a guy that who's familiar with. That I'm familiar with to help me put up better numbers than, you know, in a year or two if Aaron Rodgers finally does decide to retire.
0: I mean, it feels inevitable where Rodgers is in his career, how many more years he's going to want to play, how many more years he's going to be able to play at that MVP level, where Derek Carr is a little younger and maybe a higher ceiling as of right now, especially as he tries to contend for his first MVP season. He flirted with 5,000 yards last year. I feel like he can get there this year, especially knowing he's got arguably the top wide receiver in the fold. So Devontae Adams leaves Aaron Rodgers to go play with Derek Carr. And then there's Tyreek Hill, who left Patrick Mahomes because he wanted to go and play with Tua. So he said multiple times this summer. Tua being the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, that is a hill that Tyreek Hill is willing to die on. So Mike Wells, who will miss who more? That's next, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus
1: Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canton and Carlin.
0: Ian and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Courtney Cronin, Mike Wells, holding it down for the guys on this Monday afternoon. Tyreek Hill has said a lot about his new quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa, after he was traded, forced his way out of the Kansas City Chiefs and then got traded to the Dolphins and signed a big old deal to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Earlier this summer, he said that he felt Tyreek Hill felt Tua was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Well, on first take today, Tyreek Hill had this to say About where his mind is at as it pertains to Tua's accuracy.
1: You know, I see a lot of similarities. You know, when when I look at him and when I see Patrick, you know, so he definitely
2: like he's definitely on the song. You know, I hope you can see. You had an opportunity to pick between Tua or pick between Zach Wilson, and you decided South Beach instead of New York. What was the what what was the determining factor in that? I'm crying.
1: I say it once and I say it, say it again, you know, Zach, Zach Wilson is a dog, but I really play with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, dog.
0: Okay, so Tyreek Hill is back on the Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, most accurate quarterback I've ever played with, most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Maybe that's next. Um, what do you take from these comments that Tyreek made about Tua, Mike?
2: Man, I just I, I can't I can't believe that, that Tyreek's saying I take it as Tyreek's like, okay Yes, I left Patrick Mahomes, but I got a, I got an accurate quarterback who's going to you know have success between you know having Tyreek on the roster and his ability to uh throw the football. But there's just so many question marks about Tyreek, and I and I'm I'm talking about question marks that go beyond just his ability to stretch the field with with his arms his with with his arm strength. His arm strength is seriously questioned. But questions on okay, is Tua going to be the guy? In the next two to three years, that is leading this franchise to try to overtake the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. So, for Tyreek to sit there and say, "Yes, he's two is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL." No, Tyreek, you listen. You're having a great life. Down there in South Florida, you're not going to have to worry about you know uh, snow being on the ground down there in Miami um, in, in December the same way you would if you were playing at MetLife Stadium in um, over in East Rutherford. You're not going to have to worry about those things. You're going to have you know more enjoyable things, beautiful water to look at on a regular basis. You know, 75 to 80 degree weather when people are going to be wearing snow boots and shoveling their driveway. Um, you know, trying to get you know trying to get to the practice facility. And like you talked about earlier courtney i mean hey the income no income tax on it you're 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 living a good life you're living a good life and you're hoping you're truly hoping having your fingers crossed that tool is going to take the next step and be able to you know remove all the doubt that people have about him and his ability to play quarterback
0: okay so there are two things here the accuracy argument that tyreek hill you know keeps diving back into and you know where that accuracy actually comes from so we know, and the biggest knock about Tua has been, this is somebody who is like the check down king. He's great at the short to intermediate throws, but beyond that, it's all a little suspect. So on those short passes last season, Tua led the league in accuracy with a 71.3 completion percentage, going 129 for of 126 for 1,025 yards, seven touchdowns, and two interceptions on passes that went one yard, to nine yards. So everything within that range, he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Completion percentage as a whole, though, tied for 19th among 37 qualified quarterbacks, 66.2 uh, completion percentage since he was drafted in 2020. Now, ty- t- t- in fairness, Tyreek Hill did not specify what type of accuracy he was referring to. Maybe he was saying, yeah, man, I've seen those checkdowns. Have you seen those bubble screens? <laughs> like Tyreek Hill and Tua, like ready to take over the NFL in the short to intermediate passing game. And realistically, not a bad thing for the Miami Dolphins because you have somebody with the speed that Tyreek Hill has. All you got to do is dump that thing off like two to three yards and let Yuck. him go, right? Yuck. like
2: yack. He's the uh, Yak
0: king for a reason. So um, maybe he was getting at that. I tend to think he's just trying to hype up his guy. But in reality, he's putting a lot of pressure on Tua to perform this year when we already know it's a make or break season for him in his third year in the NFL. Because if he doesn't perform after everything the Dolphins did this offseason, they went out and got Teron Teron Armstead to play left tackle. They went out and got Tyreek Hill. To give him another weapon on the outside, a very fast weapon to pair with Jalen Waddle. Mike Giusecki's in the mix, too. Like, they've given him everything he needs to succeed. And if he doesn't deliver, he might not be the quarterback that much longer. I'm sure Tyreek Hill knows that and knows that if this season doesn't pan out, he's probably catching passes from a new guy next year. And maybe he should just, like, pump the brakes here as we get into training camp with the accuracy talk around Tua.
2: Yeah. And I mean, they also have a first time head coach and Mike McDaniel, um, uh, coming into Miami. This, you can kind of look at this as like an audition for Tua to see if he's going to be Mike McDaniel's long term, um, solution at, at QB. You got to think that Mike's going to be, he's going to bring some of that Kyle Shanahan, uh, type offense from, from San Francisco with him to Miami and simplify it. Listen, mm-hmm. if I'm Mike McDaniel, anyway, I'm like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to keep this offense very simple. We're going to throw underneath. The Tyreek and we're going to let Tyreek use his speed hey no offense uh Tua you may only average you know 5.3 yards a um a completion but th- uh, Tyreek Hills yards after catch could be off the charts because he is so fast in this situation but yeah uh I think this is putting more pressure on Tua when you're having you know your best offensive threat you know continue to praise you non-stop and give you praise that really is not true So that's going to put a lot of pressure on Tua's left arm to be able to make those things happen.
0: This is why we need not just training camp to be over. This is why we need the regular season to start because this is the type of stuff we're going to hear over and over and over again from now until the end of it.
2: Every every pass that Tua makes, oh yeah, every incomplete, it it's going to show up on you know on the local the local news down down in Miami. Mm-hmm. Show up on Sports Center on ESPN. It's going to be on Twitter because you know reporters. We all have the the the, the videos on the phone, so we're going to be taking. Oh my God, he he led Tyreek too far, or mm-hmm. Tyreek had to stop and wait for this ball to come to him. You know when he's forty yards down the football field. Every pass that Tua makes is going to be scrutinized very heavy throughout training camp.
0: And I'm sure Tua is not ready for that either. I know that he appeared a little bit more confident when he was talking with the media back during the offseason program and, you know, kind of busting people's chops here and there and, you know, what what headlines, what critics, all this stuff. Um it's very clear he knows this is a make or break season and it could potentially be his last season as a Dolphins quarterback if he does not deliver this year. Yes, his numbers have, you know, have improved considerably, since the 2020 season when he got into the fold with the Dolphins. But given everything they've done to spend this year with a brand new staff coming in, owner Stephen Ross doesn't feel like the most patient and one who wants to wait around to see if this quarterback or any quarterback will figure it out. He better perform this year considering everything that is around him. So we're gonna ask ourselves, is it playoffs or bust for Tua and the Dolphins? We're gonna play a game next called Blank or Bust. So you'll fill in the blank or say and say it's that or bust in 2022. That's coming up next. ESPN Radio, ESPN Up.
1: Canty and Carlin.
0: ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Mike Wells and Courtney Cronin holding it down for the guys on this Monday evening. You hear the music, so it's time to play a little game we have just created called Blank or Bust. We're going to bring in our producer. Evan Wilner to help us go through some of the teams in the AFC and set up expectations for the 2022 season. Evan, who are we starting with?
4: Let's start with the Bills, one of our two-a-day teams today. Blank or bust for the Bills, Courtney?
0: I think it's Super Bowl or bust. This is a team that was vying for that last year, and had it not been for an arcane overtime rule, which has since thankfully been changed... Next time they are tied going into that you know extra period in overtime, they will actually get to touch the ball, and we'll get to see when two of the best quarterbacks in the game, and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, get to go head-to-head. The Bills are loaded. They have the most complete roster in the NFL. They're my number one team in the AFC. The Chiefs right behind them going to win the AFC West, but I don't know if they're going to be able to get past this Buffalo team. Buffalo has been building towards this for a number of years. They helped Josh Allen take the next step when they decided to go get Stephon Diggs via trade with Minnesota during the 2020 offseason. And ever since that point, you've seen a different quarterback. He's a dual threat quarterback. He's athletic. He's good inside the pocket, outside the pocket. He's had MVP moments, Basically, what I'm trying to say is Josh Allen has what it takes to help this team get to the Super Bowl. They've also got a pretty darn good defense, and they just reloaded with Von Miller to help bolster that pass rush. So for me, Super Bowl or bust for the Buffalo Bills? Mike, what say you?
2: Man, you just said said everything I was going to say, Courtney, so I'm not going to waste our time and just rehash what you said because Uh, you you probably said it better than what I could say. I'm just trying to, like,
0: compensate for the time where you said three strengths (laughs) when we did our SWOT analysis, and I was left with literally nothing. I was like, well, Brandon Bean's a good GM, so he's the strength of this team. So just a little little form of payback uh, for earlier in the show.
2: You cleaned out the pantry on that one on me, so listen, what Courtney said, definitely Super Bowl or Bust for. The Buffalo Bills.
4: All right, Mike, how about the Chiefs? Blank or bust for the Chiefs?
2: Oh, man. See, again, it's the same thing for Kansas City. It's Super Bowl or bust. Yes, Tyreek Hill's gone, but Andy Reid has the receivers, depth at the wide receiver spot that are capable to make up for the loss of Tyreek. They may not have the same, you know, go-to guy that they had in Tyreek, but they are the biggest threat in my opinion to uh, to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC to represent them you it's been several years now since Kansas City got you know won that Super Bowl over Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers they can't continue to waste away Patrick Mahomes' playmaking ability, what he's able to do. Throw the ball left-handed, right-handed, doesn't matter. With his eyes closed, he's way too talented not to be able to get back to the Super Bowl and win multiple Super Bowls. I don't care they won the AFC West six straight years. Let's take the next step forward and get back to the Super Bowl and win it this time.
4: How about the Raiders, Courtney? They reported for training camp last week. They were the first team to do so. Blank or bust for the Raiders?
0: Well, speaking of the AFC West, I'm going to say playoffs or bust. For the Raiders, and I know I'm setting the bar a little bit lower than Mike had for the their teammate, their uh, division mate in in the Kansas City Chiefs. But have you seen mm-hmm. that division? Have you seen how stacked they are from top to bottom? Whether it's quarterbacks, whether it's pass rushers, you name it, wide receivers in that mix too. Um, the Raiders very well could be the third or fourth team in the AFC this year and not make the playoffs with a roster that has Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller. Like, that is a loaded group. A quarterback who might be in the MVP mix, too. All of that to say, not their fault they play in the AFC West. So, for me, they've got to make the postseason first. Playoffs or bust? How
4: about the Dolphins? Blank or bust for the Dolphins? Like
2: Oh, uh, hey, real quick, Gavin. Yeah, this first time I've done this. Help me out. What's the blank part of this? Help me out on the blank. Like you part say, of
0: it. like so, is playoffs, it, playoffs um, or bus. Five wins. wins or bust. Yeah, like yeah.
2: Oh, listen, I, I'm going. I am going to say Tua or bust. If Tua if Tua uh, can't can't hold down the quarterback spot and be able to take advantage of what they have offensively around him, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to you know be looking up. Not only at the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots in the AFC East, they're also going to be looking up at Zach Wilson and the um, New York Jets in the AFC East. And our good buddy Bart Scott's going to say, "See, Tyreek, you should have went to Zach Wilson and the Jets instead of trying to say you're going to the most accurate quarterback in the NFL and Tua."
4: Ah, how about the guy it helps if I turn my mic on? <laughs> How about the guy that was taken one pick after to a Chargers Justin Herbert Courtney? What is it, blank or bust for the Chargers?
0: No questionable fourth down decisions or bust. Is that a fair one? That I, can I throw that in sure. there? A little shot there at Brandon Staley. No, with all well, all kidding aside, like this team has been like ultra aggressive, and I like some of the in game decisions, but I feel like with a young coach. Um, and you know things that he can learn from last year they were in games and some of those decisions cost them down the stretch so I'll say maybe like tightening up that stuff or bust I don't know what you call that like Game management or bust, like shoring up that element because you already have a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert, you know, a top 10 quarterback right now, and we've seen him play for two seasons. That's more than other teams can say. Like you had mentioned, the Miami Dolphins and Tua, who was taking a pick before Justin Herbert. They've got the tools to make this happen, they've got the pass rush to make this happen with Bosa and Khalil Mack, who was just brought in this year. You know, do all of those things that you need to do to set yourself up for success. Don't shoot yourself in the foot by making some questionable decisions on fourth down and some clock management things too.
4: I'm glad you brought up Brandon Staley. I saw this note last week and I have to get this in. Brandon Staley led Football Outsiders aggressive index among head coaches at 2.08 which means he went for it on fourth down 2.08 2.08 more times than what is expected around the NFL. That was way higher than the next closest guy, which was Dan Campbell, which he went for, it like, one and a half times more than expected. Like, Brandon Staley goes for it,
0: Rip it and so it. often. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's
4: one of the focuses for me for the Chargers. All right. yeah. just Who had to cares get about that.
0: special teams? Go for it. Like, that's that's the message that we were yeah, getting from yes, the Chargers so. last year. Like, who wants to punt? It's not fun. Isn't that, like, what that... Um, What was the Hal Mummy offense down in, uh, like, Texas? Didn't they, like, not have uh, punting? What's the offense that didn't have punting?
4: That was uh, the high school. There was, like, a high school that didn't punt. The coach refused. Yeah. He's now coaching college, I believe. All right, Mike, last one.
0: Pays to be aggressive.
4: You're an Indy. Colts. Blank for bust for the Colts. Now with another new quarterback in Matt Ryan.
2: Oh, you stole it from me. Actually, you know what? Get wide receiver production or bust. They got the quarterback of Matt Ryan, but can either one of you team name a wide receiver on the roster? Not name Michael Pittman Jr. in Indianapolis. Isn't Paris
0: Campbell still there?
2: Paris Campbell's injured all the time. He, he's missed. Okay. He's missed more games than he played in his NFL career, so he doesn't count, Courtney.
0: Okay fine. I, I, but I, I succeeded. I named another receiver on the roster. Yes. Yeah, so it, it yes. is. It is.
2: They have to find production at wide receiver or it's going to be yet another wasted season from a quarterback at the quarterback spot for the Colts and they won't surpass uh, Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South.
0: Okay, that's our newest game, Blank or Bust. We did it with the AFC today. We will do it with the NFC later this week. Coming up next, though, there's only one way to finish the show, and that's 3 and Out. Coming up next, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus.
2: Canty and Carlin.
0: Okay, so it's the off-season in the NBA, and players have quite a bit of time on their hands. One player in particular is Draymond Green. Courtney Cronin, Mike Wells, sitting in for Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. I woke up to a tweet this morning from Draymond Green saying that he was watching the 1998 Bulls versus Utah in the NBA Finals. Quote, I can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten those Bulls by a dub, and these Jazz by forty if they're going to play these brands of basketball, and that's why it's dumb to compare eras. So I was a little confused because isn't he technically comparing eras and then saying it's yes. it's not good to compare eras? What what am I supposed to make of this?
2: <laughs> well, for I think it's just Draymond being Draymond, but it, it drives me crazy. When they try, when, when athletes try to compare errors and say, "Hey, my team would have beaten this team," and you know what? And, and when I finally realized it was crazy to do that, Courtney, I, I, you know, for those who don't know, I spent eight and a half years covering the Indiana Pacers. I had a great relationship with Larry Bird, mm-hmm. and I think it was in 2012 with one of the dream, one of the Olympic men's basketball teams with with Kobe Bryant and LeBron, D. Wade, and all them. I asked Larry Bird. I said, "Hey." How would how would this 2012 Olympic team do against the original Dream Team in 1992? And Bird started saying, "I said, who's guarding who?" He goes, "Well, you're gonna have Jordan and Kobe guarding each other." He goes, um, "I said, who's guarding LeBron?" And he goes, "I he goes, I would be trying to guard LeBron." He goes, "You know what? I'm not even gonna talk about it. It's pointless because the body, the game was played completely different. So when I ever since then in 2012, when I see you know people compare you know eras of basketball, who would beat who?" I just kinda of laugh and and, and, and and chuckle because you really can't compare because the game is always evolving and changing on a year to year basis.
0: Here's my question, and it's one that Dennis Rodman posed earlier today in response to this. Who is Draymond Green guarding in that game, but also in the nineteen nineties? Gonna have him guard Hakeem? Robinson? Carl Buckets. Malone? Like Buckets. he would be lucky to hold them to like fifteen or twenty points.
2: Buckets nonstop for those guys Mm -hmm. in the post. Hey, the mailman would have given him the business. I mean, Draymond would have struggled guarding Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley would have overpowered Draymond Green from back in the day. Yeah.
0: It's it's interesting. And I also thought, okay, so Pippen on Durant, MJ on Steph, Rodman on Draymond – Maybe, like, I don't know, like, there's the odd man out there, but it's interesting, like, I don't know, like, Ron Harper, I think he was on that 98 team, he would take down Andre Iguodala in a second, so, yeah, um, I love the confidence from Draymond Green, I can't fault him for that, but if we're not going to compare eras, let's not actually compare eras, is that okay with everybody? How about it? Want to thank our guests that stopped by Canty and Carlin this Monday afternoon. Frank Iasola from Around the Horn and the Sirius XM NBA channel. Diana Russini, ESPN NFL reporter. Chris Canty, host of this show. On ESPN Radio, Steve Tasker, seven-time Pro Bowler, special teams extraordinaire for the Buffalo Bills. You can also catch him on Buffalo Bills preseason TV games. And as always, our appointment radio with Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, which takes place on Mondays. So before we get out of here, Courtney Kern and Mike Wells sitting in for the guys on this Monday afternoon, kicking things off for what's going to be a busy week with training camps opening up and the NBA never ceasing to exist and ceasing to be on the top, tip of everyone's tongue with Kevin Durant now potentially going to Boston via trade, which we'll keep our eye on. It's time for a little game called 3 and Out.
2: Sometimes it's
3: the worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is 3 and Out.
0: So the Cleveland Browns signed Josh Rosen to a one-year deal at the end of last week because they need more depth in their quarterback room. We are awaiting word on whether Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended and for how long. But in the meantime, Cleveland's trying to bolster their depth behind Jacoby Brissett. So they signed Josh Rosen, and today we find out he's going to wear number 19 for the Browns. Well... This is somewhat problematic, and I'm not sure anybody alerted him to this. But number 19 is one of the greatest quarterbacks in Browns history, and that number belongs to Bernie Kosar. How that number is not retired, I don't know. Um, but interesting choice for Josh Rosen. Maybe it's a motivational tactic. He wore number three in college, number three with the Cardinals and the Dolphins, number two with the 49ers, and number 17 with the Falcons last year. What do you make of this, Mike?
2: Man, stop disrespecting Bernie Kozar. Listen, you, a, a guy who's got a three and thirteen career record as a starting quarterback in the NFL, who was our who who did who couldn't make it work in Arizona. Arizona had to went ahead and said, "Get rid of you. We're gonna get rid of you. We're gonna take Kyler Murray as the number one overall pick. Sent him down to Miami. It did not work. He was in Atlanta last season, and now you're gonna take Bernie Kozar's number." Come on, young man, focus on completing passes and being ready to push Jacoby Brissett once Deshaun Watson gets suspended instead of, you know, taking Bernie's number 19.
0: Little tone deaf, if you ask me, but um, maybe someone tried to reason with him and couldn't. I don't know. Josh Rosen seems like a stubborn guy. It's kind of what we heard about him coming out of the draft and very clearly has not been able to latch on in any of his previous stops in spite of being given chance after chance to try to win a starting job. So... The Jaguars are in camp. They've been they've one of the they're one of the teams that reported last week because they've got that Hall of Fame game that is dreadfully early this year against the Las Vegas Raiders. Trevor Lawrence, new quarterback, new or basically in his rookie season, but we're all putting him in the conversation of those year 2 QBs and what jump he might take. Doug Peterson talked today here are his expectations for Trevor Lawrence in year 2
2: that's the goal obviously is to make a significant jump in year two um and and I, I think building off of last year the fact that he played the entire season we can build off of that and and really um you know
3: really expect you know kind of a sky's the limit mentality you know with him he's in the same he's in the same frame of mind as well he wants to take that next that next step and uh, not only in his growth but but obviously leading leading this football team so um today's
2: day one of that and um, you know we're just uh we're just excited to be on the grass with him and,
1: and the rest of the team.
0: You know, this is a quarterback who has played at the highest level of college football against players who are now in the NFL, guys he's probably going to see on a regular basis now that he's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really can't think of a better situation, though, for him than being with someone like Doug Peterson, who, as we know, in Philadelphia got a lot out of Nick Foles, got a lot out of Carson Wentz at that point of their respective careers. I think it's a good thing that he is in the jacksonville with him and hopefully he'll be able to turn it around this year and we actually will get to see that considerable jump that he talked about
2: i love the hire of doug peterson for for Trevor lawrence especially after that you know clown show they had Mm -hmm. last season in jacksonville what urban meyer thinking urban can make the jump from from the college game at ohio state to the nfl doug peterson is a respected head coach like you said got the best out of Nick Foles, got the best part out of Carson Wentz before he got injured in 2017. Now let's see if he can get the best out of Trevor.
0: Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. He's Mike Wells. I am Courtney Cronin, and we're sitting in for the guys on this Monday afternoon. A couple minutes left. Um, our third part of Three and Out, I'm just going to hand it off to Mike. Mike has something to say.
2: You know what, Courtney? You know, when I knew I was doing a show with you today, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear our good friend Jeff Dickerson's um, – Uh, obvious T-shirts. Obviously, Jeff passed away, unfortunately, earlier this year with cancer because um, I know he's looking down and smiling on you. You're about to take part in your first training camp of covering the Chicago Bears uh, starting tomorrow uh, in the Windy City and I know Jeff will be proud. For those who don't know, uh, the reason one of the biggest reasons why Courtney and I have been uh, such a big part of his radio family at ESPN is because of Jeff Dickerson. He had no ego. He uh, he wanted to do the best for everybody else. Always had a smile on his face. He allowed me to get my foot in the door in February of 2018. You got your foot in the door in uh, May of 2019. And the one thing I got to say, you know, I've always I always tell Courtney that the job she does at ESPN, she's kicking butt and dominating. People say I see tweets where they say Courtney Cronin is going to be a star at ESPN. No, Courtney Cronin this off season became a star at ESPN. Not only on the radio side, but on First Take, also on Around the Horn. So. I wanted to take this moment and give a shout-out to you for this one, Courtney.
0: I appreciate that. And we miss you. We love you, J.D. We are here because of you, and we are forever grateful. Have a good night.
4: Love you, Jeff.
2: Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.